1: 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Jesus. word. You are all my
0: for today, master, savior, I have come to seek you. Right now, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight that you're so awesome. We pray that you would really speak to us. As we're dealing with new seasons, transitioning into life, God, that you want us to transition, make that transition into life. You've got so much in store for us our families, our marriages, our finances, our health, our homes, this church. God, you've got so much in store for us. And God, I pray that we would transition into that, God, that we would move into that. We would leave one thing behind so we could move into that which you want to establish and build in our lives. We'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, come on, shout amen. 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 Shout So excited about this series. Pastor, you say that about every series because I'm excited about the word of God, period, because it changes our lives. But just so excited about new seasons as I drive in the car and You start to see the trees changing around here. We kind of have seasons here. It's nothing like when Josh and I, just a few weeks ago, were in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And it was, wow, it was breathtaking how pretty it was there. But looking at the seasons changing, how things are falling, things are dying. For what? So a new season can come. And that's why this month we chose to talk about new seasons. Looking to make that transition in our lives to life, and, and I, I just got to say this if the actual scripture, which is the theme for this whole month, doesn't stir you on its own, we need to check your pulse. You're dead, you, you are absolutely dead. Because if you are not challenged to the core by the very scripture, then we're going to have to pray with you. Look at the scripture again from Second Corinthians chapter 6, 11 through 13. It comes from the message Bible and it says these words. Are you ready? It says, Dear Corinthians. I cannot tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide-open, spacious life. What an incredible picture of what God has. Not how our life could be, but I want to tell you how your life should be. Come on, a wide-open, spacious life that I have for you. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. Come on, say, help me, Jesus. Come on, we're not made small, but we're living small. Come on, we weren't made small, we were made with such a vast capacity inside of us, but yet because of wrong decisions, wrong faith, not having the ability to trust God, we've created a smallness in our life that now has become our life, which is really a mere existence compared to the abundance of life that God has for us. Amen? So we don't want to live small any longer, we want to be big. And Paul says these words, I'm speaking as plainly as I can with a great affection. He says, open up your lives, live openly and expansively. Say that with me, live openly and expansively. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. I love that. Come on, say yeah. Say something from a scripture like that. I love God's word. I I think it's great. Verses like that, man, they inspire me. But you know what else they do? They really motivate me. They motivate me to realize what God has. But on the other side, they challenge me because I look and I say, how am I living? What am I doing? How am I in my mind? Is my mind small? Some people, what did Uncle Robert say? Some people have so narrow minds, they can look through a keyhole with both eyes. (laughs) So narrow minded. And and yet we've got to be big. We've got to grow and be expansive so I can be motivated by that. But I want to be challenged by that too. I don't want to say, well, that's where I could be. I want to say, what is it going to take in my life to get me to that place? Come on, I want to kick myself up the butt and say, come on, what are you doing to get there? Because God didn't make me small. God made me to live big, to be big and to have everything because he's got it all. He's got it all. But do we have it all? He's got it all, but do we have it all? What do I mean by that? Does God have all of your life, or is he sharing you with something else? That's the question we're going to ask ourselves tonight. Does God really have everything of me, or is he having to share me because I've got a conflict of interest? I've got other things that's going on in my life. What else is sharing your life with God? I think one of the things that we deal with, and we're going to talk about this tonight, is worry. Come on, say with me, worry. Worry is one of the things that God many times is sharing our life with. And I want to talk tonight about transitioning from worry to relationship. And here's what I want you to do. Can you help me with this message tonight? I want you to do something. Every time I say the word relationship, I want you to shout out peace. Okay? So let's practice that. Relationship. Peace. Come on. Relationship. Peace. So God wants me to transition from worry to relationship, to live in peace with him, because that happens when I'm one with him and when I'm in relationship. That's what happens. That's the byproduct of that in my life. The dictionary I looked it up today, the dictionary says, worry is this, it's feeling anxious or being uneasy. Being anxious or uneasy. Actually, the word worry is derived from an old German word, Sprachende Deutsch. No, I don't, but I looked it up. Come on, it's an old German word that says, Wurger, which is W-U-R-G-E-R, Wurger, and I'm killing the pronunciation of it, I'm sure. But it means, to strangle, to constrict, and to choke. It's a good description of worry, isn't it? it means to strangle, it means to constrict and it means to choke. And you know what the Bible says worry is? The Bible says worry is a sin. The Bible's very clear. It speaks about worry is a sin. But why is it a sin? Here's why worry is a sin because it is an attack against our belief or our faith in God. It makes us question our faith. And our belief in God. Let's be honest. Come on, worry is a very real attack that we all fall victim to. We like to say, well, I don't worry. But most of the time and many times we actually do. And if we would look at worry and what it wants to do in our life, it literally wants to undermine God's ability. And by doing that, destroy the trust that we have in him. Because if it undermines his ability, if I'm concerned about, well, God can't handle that, what happens? I'm not going to trust him with that. So worry is like an undercurrent that really's result is this, to steal from me relationship that God wants me to live in my life. So we want to see how we can transition, transition, transition. Let me say this statement tonight and, and just stay with me. I really believe this is truth. It's hard, but sometimes the truth is hard. Sometimes it's tough, love. Sometimes we need to hear this. But listen to this statement and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. If we really believe in God, we wouldn't worry. Oh, but Pastor, no, if we really believed in God, we wouldn't worry. End of story. We would have such a confidence and such a faith that no matter what, we could say, hey, God's got that under control. If we really believed in God. I read a book a while back. It's a great book. If you've never read it, it's called The Christian Atheist. Awesome book. It says this, you believe in God, but though you live as though he doesn't exist. So we can talk many times about what we think we are, but I wonder what we really are. Because if we're worrying and if we're consumed with those things in our life, then it's a lack of real belief and faith that we have in God. Because if we had so much belief, if we had so much faith in God, guess what? There would be no room for worry to possess inside of us. That all the space would be taken and there would be nothing left. Because we would be so consumed by God. We think that's so spiritual to be so consumed with God. No, it just means to live a worry-free life. A carefree life that we can just trust God. Oh, so pastor, what you're saying then is if I worry or because I do worry a lot, I don't love God. That I don't live for him, that I don't have faith. No, that's not what we said. That's not what we said. But here's what we said. Are you ready? Let me clarify this. If you are worrying, it just means you are robbing yourself from the relationship that we could have in him. You're robbing yourself from what's available in God that he wants to make available to your life. It's a place that he desires for us. Therefore, it shows us what? We truly don't know him as we should, and therefore, we need it needs to motivate us into knowing God more. I want to know God more so I can worry less. Come on, that's a great slogan that we need to think in our lives. I want to know God more so I can worry less. If I want to worry less, I just need to know more of God. And you can tweet that, you can Instagram that, and you can even take the credit for that. I don't care. But worry is a tool of Satan that attacks Every one of us in some shape or form. Maybe today you're totally consumed by it. Which is not an easy thing to admit. You know, if we're to have a poll and who worries all the time? You know, it, you're looking at everyone else because you don't want to lift your hand because you're worried about what other people would think. Come on. Because <laughs> you're worried. You're worried about being worried. And, you're, and It's not an easy thing for us to all admit. But I wonder how many times we're kept awake because we worry. The Bible speaks about he wants to give his children perfect peace. He wants to give us rest. He wants to give us sleep. Maybe you're tormented by worry. Some people are literally tormented by worry. Panic. People have panic attacks because of worry, anxiety, the unrest that comes in their life. Maybe it consumes you. Every moment you wake up with it, you go to bed with it. I've heard people talking about that they're worried about their kids and they're worried about this and they're worried they can be so consumed. But are you ready for the crazy truth? Here's the crazy truth about worry. Are you ready? We all know that we shouldn't worry. Come on, that's the crazy truth, isn't it? We all know it's wrong. Come on, we all know it's not going to help us in any way. And we all know it's bad for our health. And if you didn't know that, you better be worried because it is bad for your health. No, don't worry. Just fall in love with God. But it affects your health. It causes physical issues as well as every other issue that can happen in your life. So the crazy truth is we know those things, but yet what? We still do it. We still worry. Look at the scripture. Here's the worry scripture. Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, a whole lot speaking about worry. And we're going to kind of jump through this tonight. And you can fill in the gaps when you get home. Jesus says, therefore, I say unto you. And any time you see in the scripture a therefore, come on, you need to stop and see what it's there for, because something's been pinpointed in your life. Jesus says, therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Really, with a statement like that period, we should say, okay, God, you said it. I'm going to believe it. That's good. But we don't, do we? He goes on to say, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Come on, how many knows that some people definitely don't worry about what they put on? Come on now, you look and you go, they didn't worry about that. They didn't even think about that. Come on now, right now. Come on, don't worry about your put on. Is life not more than food and the body not more than clothing? Please understand this. The gospel is not telling us we can eat whatever we want, do whatever, dress, be whatever. Don't worry, don't care about those things. But it's reminding us. What is it reminding us of? He's saying that we shouldn't be consumed with those things. We should be concerned by those things, but they should not consume us. Look at verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Picture this, what are birds doing? They're not frantically worried about, they're just going about their everyday normal routine. And guess what God's providing for them? God's doing for them. He's feeding them. And then the thought is this, it's thrown in there. Are you not of more value than them? When I read that scripture, I thought about what Uncle Robert said last week. You do the possible... God will do the impossible. So what are the birds doing? They're doing the possible things. They're just doing their everyday, as I said, life. And God's doing the impossible. He's providing things supernaturally for them and meeting their every need. Come on, it doesn't give them the freedom not to function properly. I want you to see this because we're not using the scripture as a license just not to be worried and don't care about anything. That's not what the scripture is saying. It's telling us that God will work with our abilities as we do what we're called to do, God's going to do. As we do the he'll take care of the impossible. So it goes on to say, verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? In, in essence, the thought is this, you'll never add to your life. The thought is this, you're going to diminish your life. You're going to rob from your life. You're going to take from your life. Verse 28 says, So why do you worry? Notice there it is again. He goes on, Consider the lilies. They grow. They neither toll nor spin. And he talks about Solomon and all his splendor and glory was not more beautiful than them. And, and the grass that's here today and gone tomorrow, God clothes it. He does this and everything. Talking an, an incredible picture about God. And it goes on to verse 31. It says, So therefore do not worry. Come on, say with me, do not worry. Do not worry. Verse 34, jumping. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Oh my God, we need to hear this. Yes. Some people are already worried about tomorrow. <laughs> Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Here's what I want to say for you right now. Most people who are worrying about tomorrow, it's because they're not handling business today. Amen. If you're making the right decisions today, you're going to be in good stead tomorrow. God's going to take care of it. If you're not living right, then you need to be worried and you need to make it right. But God says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day, is its own troubles. So what do we see from that scripture? Here's what we see. We cannot allow worry to continue to strangle us, to constrict us and to choke our lives. We've got to transition from worry to relationship. Come on. We've got to transition into what God has for us. And worry can sometimes be so bad in our lives that when there's nothing to even worry about, we worry because there's nothing to worry about. What a lie. What a torment that the enemy wants. We need to transition. Come on, say with me, transition. Come on, we learned the principles of transition on Sunday. You need to apply those in your life. I heard this statement once, worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do and keep you going, but it won't get you anywhere. George Muller said this, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. Say that one more time. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. The beginning of worry is what? The end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. When I was thinking about this message and I was just walking, I was praying the other day. Here's what God gave to me. Are you ready? God gave me this. worry is just fear packaged up with a red bow. Yeah. Worry is fear. It's just fear packaged up with a red bow because we don't label it as something wrong or something, but it is a fear, a lack of trust, a lack of faith in God. So ask yourself tonight, how is worry affecting my life? What makes me more vulnerable? When am I more vulnerable to it? How is it that it's attacking me? What source is really, it's target that's really getting through to me? What's my feelings? What's it doing to me? And then really ask yourself this, is it really something I enjoy? No. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. So we're going to look at some things about worry tonight. And then we're going to look at some things about relationship. and Having the peace of God in our life. Are you ready? So I'm going to give you three things about worry. Are you ready? Worry number one. Worry is not your friend. I mean, that's all you got, Pastor. I mean, you couldn't have given us anything better than that. We all know that, duh. Listen to me. Consciously, we understand that and know that. And we don't talk about it or think of it as being our friend. But the actions of our lives and the way we live tell a different story. We clutch worry to our chest like our favorite stuffed animal from childhood. We make excuses for it to mask the fact that it's a sin. We live with it. We want it. We dwell on it. And really it has become a friend and we don't even see it. Come on. It's Become a friend and we don't even see it. Instead of thinking of worry As just worry, I want you to start thinking of it this way. Worry is not worry. Worry is not trusting God. Worry is not trusting God. Although we believe in God, worry admits, I trust more in my own ability than I have trust in his faithfulness or his ability. Because worry just proves the fact that we don't trust In God, as many times we really claim to do. Philippians 4 verse 6, the first part of that verse says this. Be anxious for nothing. You know that word there, nothing, means nothing? Hello? That word there means nothing. And just in case you missed that, let me say that one more time. It means nothing. There's no small print under that verse. There's no clause. There's nothing excluded. There's no blackout dates. Nothing is even includes the worst extreme situations that you and I could even face or even imagine in our lives. Doctors reports, problems with our kids, in our marriage. The worst situations we could ever think of, that verse includes that worry about nothing. Includes all of that. Oh, but God doesn't know. Hey, listen, God knows everything. So, first thing you need to realize number one, is worry's not your friend. Number two, you ready? Worry is a sin. We already alluded to this earlier. Look at the scripture from Romans 14, verse 23. The last part of that verse says this For whatever is not from faith is what? Is sin. Whatever is not faith, what is worry? It's the opposite of faith. It's the other side of faith. So anything that is not of faith or from faith is sin. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Worry is the flip side of faith, the opposite to, but it's more than just the opposite to. It's in opposition to. It fights against faith in our life. And let me define what living a life of faith looks like. Are you ready? Here's what it means. Believing that God has everything under control. That's what a life of faith is. Putting my faith in God, believing that he has everything under control. Let me use an example for you, okay? A lot of people today are losing their jobs. Not as bad as what it was, thank God. And we've been in an area that has been pretty good even through the recession and the problems and the situations that's come. But think about this if you are constantly worried, consumed, choked, restricted, constricted by the fact you're losing your job, you know what you are, in essence, saying? That my job is my provider. Now, here's my thought. Um, Isn't God supposed to be that for you? Isn't God the one that promises to provide for you and to help you and to sustain? He's our provider. And we get so worried about something like losing our job. Well, maybe God has something else planned for you. We talked about this Sunday. Didn't we transition and having to let go so God can establish that second thing? Maybe that job that you're worried about losing or you've lost and now you're worried about it is the fact that God has something else planned for you. And perhaps even through the pathway of pain and sacrifice. Did you catch that? Maybe some pain, maybe some sacrifice in those kind of things. But no matter what, here's the question, will you still trust him? 'Cause he's either provider or he's not. He's either able or he's not. He's all able or he's not able at all. He's not half able. Come on. We make God the God of the in betweens. God's the God of the extremes. He's either hot or cold. We we make him lukewarm and we cause him to be vomit. God's a god of black or white. Come on, we make the grey areas inside. God, you know, the areas that we fight about and things, it's the gray areas that we shouldn't even deal in because it's black and white. It's either heaven or hell. There's no in-betweens. Come on, that. But we fight about the gray areas. So God is either the provider or he's not. He's either able or he's not. And he said to me, what? Anything that is not from faith is sin. And I've got to trust God with that. One of the greatest definitions of worry I've ever heard, pen this down, this is really cool, are you ready? Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Isn't that cool? Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Are you getting this tonight? you quiet tonight because I'm stamping on some toes? And when we read from the scripture, remember in Matthew 6:25 that God says, "Don't worry, don't worry about what you wear, don't worry." You know why God can tell us that? You know why God can say, "Don't worry," with a confidence. Here you are. Two reasons why. Number one, God knows your end from your beginning. In other words, God sees the whole picture. You see the moment, God sees the whole picture. You don't know how many times I've dealt with people who have made decisions of the moment instead of the big picture. We make wrong decisions when we just see the moment. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. Get so consumed with what we are. Get so worried that what we make worried decisions, which are against faith, which are sinful decisions that are going to produce the wrong results in our life. So God says, don't worry for this reason. He's not just shooting from the hip and saying, just don't worry. He's doing it because he knows your end from the beginning. And secondly, this is my favorite. You ready? He knows his ability. God can tell you not to worry because he knows how able he really is. Come on, he is so able. He is so able. I mean, he is so able. I love the scripture and it says this. I'm trying to remember where it is. It's in the Bible says, God says, and I will give seed to the sower. Well, where's God get the seed from? He doesn't get it from anywhere. He makes it. God is able to take something out of nothing and make it into something of great return because what happens when a seed is sown, great return happens. God doesn't need a Lowe's. Come on, God doesn't need a Home Depot. God doesn't shop at Walmart. Come on, he doesn't need those things. Come on, he is the source. He is God all by himself. So he can confidently say to each one of us, worry. Why? Because I know where you're going in life. I've got it under control. And secondly, hey, you're in my hands. And I'm able to hold you up, I'm able to sustain you, I'm able to help you. And no one else on the face of this earth can ever make a statement like that. No one else. I can say to Kelly, don't worry, I've got it. But I can only get it according to my ability. But we're talking about a God who is limitless, has no match, doesn't even have a close second. He just spoke and trees appeared. I mean, the magnitude of his greatness. When we get to heaven, there's going to be no sun and moon because he's just so awesome. He's going to be brighter than any moon or any sun or any stars. How awesome is our God? and yet our little problems we look at and say there is no way that god can even provide or even do that there's a scripture second corinthians 9:10 he who supplies seed to the sower come on worry number 3 you ready so worry number 1 is worry's not your friend number 2 it's a sin number 3 it's a control issue worry is a control issue what do i mean by that there's a fight in our lives for what controls our lives we're either controlled by God or we're controlled by the enemy. Paul talks about the flesh and the spirit, man. Those who rage in which one you feed the most is going to be the strongest. Come on, worry is a control issue. Worry is oppressed Uh, is obsessed, rather, with trying to control every circumstance of your life. It wants to control you. It wants to consume you. Come on, it wants to control your thoughts. It wants to control your actions. It wants to control what you can or you cannot do. It just wants to consume it. It wants to control you. It's a control issue. But again, we do the possible and God does the Impossible. So here we are. We worry like it's going to help our situation. I've never heard anyone worry themselves into getting well. But I've seen people who have got sick as a result of it. Come on, I've never seen traffic clear out of my way and I arrive on time because I worried about it. But i tell you what I have seen. Are you ready? Me arrive late and be totally stressed out because of it. Worry has never, or nor can it ever, help in any situation. It just makes things worse. And you've got to realize this. It wants to control your life in that way, to destroy your life, to steal from you. Oh, it's just a a way of life. No, it's not. It's a way of life that you've accepted as life, but the life that you've accepted through worry is the part of John 10.10 that's not the end of the verse, it's the beginning of the verse where the enemies come to steal, kill and destroy. And God says, but I've come to give you life. Come on, a wide open, spacious life. Not small, but big, wide open. And God says, I've come to give you a life of abundance. But worry controls us to move us away from that, to suppress us, and to choke us and to strangle the very life out of us. If we worry, it just really indicates that we're not willing to let God handle that situation. Most of the time, I've found out this in my life. If I have my hand on something, my hand always takes the place of God's. So if I'm trying to do something, then what does God do? God sits back if I'm trying to do something and say, oh, obviously you've got it. Obviously you you think you can handle it. Why? Because God cannot go against our will. So he won't grab our hand and move it out of the way because that's our will. Where our hand is is where our will is. So until we remove our will and surrender and say, God, I can't handle this. Some of the greatest breakthroughs we've ever had in our life is when God takes us completely out of our depth and there's nothing we can do apart from just God. And when we trust God, what's always been the result of that? God has always come through. Every one of us. But the areas that he hasn't come through and we're concerned, it's because we're allowing worry to control that and we're not releasing that over to the care of God. Come on, you've got to hear this tonight. So we've got to be willing, and here's our willingness. Come on, as you take your hands off something, where do they go? Up in the air most of the time. We've got to be surrendered. Willingly surrendered to God, trusting into His care that He can handle it and He will take over. Come on, say with me transition. Come on, we've got to transition into the wide open life that God has. Come on, say with me, I'm not small but I may be living in a small way. Come on, that needs to change. Come on, that needs to change. We didn't fence you in, the scripture said. You you did that to yourself. You're restricting yourself. Listen to Sunday's message if you're not understanding where we're at. You don't need to miss a service. You need to be faithful to the house. I'm telling you, you need to be faithful. As we see the day approaching, the Bible speaks about, we need to be locked in and engaged in the house every day. We need to be bringing everyone we can. Who have you been inviting? Who have you been bringing? Come on, we're not seeing enough people saved. Why? Because we're not seeing enough new people coming in. We need to be doing more to bring people in. But we're worried. Well, what are they going to say? What are, hey, we need to be worried about their eternity. And that is this. They're going to die and go to hell. And maybe God's put us to be the roadblock in their way. And I need to be worried about not telling them, not worried about telling them. Come on now. So I'm going to give you right now, quickly, four steps. We've identified worry, which we really didn't need to do because we already know what it is. But I want to give you four steps today of transition that can take your life from worry to relationship. Come on, stay with me, hang with me. It's going to take your life from worry to relationship in God. Here is the number one. Are you Ready? If you want to kiss worry goodbye in your life, here's what you need to do. Number one, you need to get to know God more. You need a deeper relationship. Peace with God. You need a deeper walk with God. You and I need to engage greater than we ever have before. Instead of saying, my relationship with God, it's okay, good, good, you're there. Instead of saying it's where it needs to be, we need to be always saying it needs to be more. And it's not because we're not satisfied with where we're at. There's just so much more in God that we should never stop. We should be ever growing more in love with God each and every day. We've got to fill every void in our life with him. Every void. There has to be so much of God, as we said earlier, that there's no room for anything else. That we literally make no room for worry to even come. Come on, we take down the sign that says vacancies. No vacancies here. Because God has come in and I want all of God in my life. Come on, we've got to be in the house. And not just be in the house. Come, on, we need to be volunteering. We need to be serving. Because if you've only got an inlet and you've got no outlet, you're going to start to stink. Come on, have you ever smelled a ditch? Have you ever smelt a swamp? There's water coming into it, but there's nothing leaving it. And it becomes stagnant and becomes dead. It's the same with church life. If you're just coming every week and you're just stuffing your face and you're not serving other people, you're going to begin to stink. And you're going to become repulsive to people around. But come on, as it comes to you, God wants it to flow through you, to touch other people. So we need to be in the house, serving in the house. We need to be in the Word. A lot of people nod and say, yeah, pastor, you're right, but we don't read the Word of God. You need to be reading the Word of God every day. Come on, I'm going to say that again. I didn't get an amen. You need to be reading the word of God every day. Amen. Come on, it's not the quali- quantity of what you read. It's the quality of what you read. So don't try and read 20 chapters a day and then get nothing out of it. You're better to read one verse and just really meditate it and soap it. What do we talk about? Soap it. Look at the scripture. Look at the observations, the applications, and then pray about it. Soap the scripture observe what is it saying how does that apply to my life pray then that those things will be added into your life come we got to be in the word every day got daily devotions daily bible readings all that kind of stuff come on there's no excuse for you not to be in the word every day there's apps on your phone that have daily bible readings that some of those apps will even read the Bible for you. I mean, you can't get no worse than that. I mean, you can set your alarm with the Bible waking you up in the morning. I mean, that's what you can do on your phones today. Come on, you need to be in prayer. It's conversation with God. just communion with God. You know what else you need to do to get more of God inside? you? You need to be tithing. You need to be tithing. Oh, here he goes just talking about money. No, I'm not talking about getting money out of you. I'm talking about getting God's blessings back to you. Because that's what opens up the windows of blessing, is when we're obedient to bring back to God. And I think this is really important. Do you realize this? In the Gospels, when Jesus was here on this earth, he talks, I think, three times more about money than he talks about heaven and hell. He talks three times more about money. You know why I think he talks so much more about money? Because he knows that's going to be one of the most major struggles that we will ever face in our life. Because that's where the struggle is, isn't it? If we really love someone, we're going to invest into them with our money. Come on, we need to know God. Come on, we've got to tithe into God. We've got to to build into the house of God. Because saying you love God is one thing, but putting your money where your mouth is is a completely different thing. You're never going to be disappointed. And as you take that step of faith, because that's what it is. Money is a test. And as we use it as a step of faith... We're going to begin to know God more because He's going to prove Himself more and more. Are you ready, number two? We need to live with wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is a big lacking thing today. Everyone wants the pursuit of knowledge and understanding. And those things are great. But we need the wisdom to put them into play. Because knowledge and understanding is the what and the how. But, or the why and the, what is it, the why and the what. But wisdom is the how. How we need to put it into play. Have you ever been around someone that's got all the, you know, understanding in the world. They're so bright, they're so smart, but they've got no common sense. Come on. They've got all the no's and the smarts, but they've got no wisdom how to put it in place. And you may turn around and say, well, Pastor Philip, I'm kind of lacking in wisdom. That's okay. The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And God says what? James chapter 2, God says, I'm going to give to you liberally and without reproach. That means God says, I've got enough wisdom, I've got more wisdom. In fact, what that scripture really means is God saying, please ask for it because you need it. Come on, you need it. I'm not going to give it without reproach, meaning I'm not going to judge you for your wrongdoing. That just means you really need it. So please ask for it because I want to give it to you. Okay? So really living in wisdom, plainly said, is this, doing what is wise. Being wise. Again, doing the possible so God can do the impossible. Here's an example for you. Ready? If you wanted to sell your home, here's where wisdom comes in. Okay? Most people want to sell their home. They start with this. God We pray that you'll help us sell our home. That's a good place to start. Amen? Prayer. Most people, they just stop there. I'm just going to pray that God will sell my home. You know what wisdom says? You need to list it. Now, God can sell your home without it being listed, but wisdom tells you that you need to put it on the market and put a sign in the yard so people know it's for sale. You know what else wisdom says? You need to clean the yard. Come on, you need to paint, you need to fix up, you need to clean, you need to make everything. Why? You make it presentable, so what? So it's going to sell. Wisdom is what? Putting into place the right things, so what? The right results are going to happen in your life. Too many Christians sit around and pray about everything and do nothing. Come on, we've got to live with wisdom in our life. This will help us to combat worry, just to have wisdom in each one of of our lives. Remember the scripture we started earlier from Philippians 4? Let me finish that. Philippians 4 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But notice what it says, But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, everything that you can understand, it will guard your hearts and your minds through and in. Christ Jesus. You know what's really been said there? You do the wise stuff. You live out, you trust, you believe, and you can peacefully leave the rest to God. And that's also known as living by faith. Being with wisdom is a life of faith and trust in God. And even after doing all these things and you still find yourself worrying, remind yourself that God is bigger than your problems and He wants you to trust Him with it all. How many of you ever set an alarm to wake up? Set an alarm to wake up every day? I think you need to set an alarm, and here's what your alarm needs to be that worry needs to become your signal or alarm, alerting you saying it's time to pray. When worry comes, I need to pray. Because that's living with wisdom. Giving it to God. Being wise, trusting God with it. Too many of us hit the snooze. Come on, don't hit the snooze. You need to hit your knees. And you need to pray and you need to trust God. Because when we pray about our worries, we are giving our burdens to Him. And the Bible says He's the great burden bearer and He can carry your load. James says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you he's got it handled he wants the best for your life come on we do what's wise and what's possible but when it's not possible for us to do we pray so he can make it possible and he can do the rest number three you got to retrain your mind you got to think on the right things Come on now, you've got to reprogram your mind. You've got to program it right because garbage in, garbage out. You've got to watch what you're filling yourself with. You've got to watch what you're putting. You've got to change your thought patterns. You've got to change the channel with your mind. Philippians 4 verse 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of a good report... What does it say? Think on what? These things. Meditate, dwell on these things. Because what happens is this. When we give control over to God, when we pray and we trust him with our worries, then he can handle it. Because what in essence we do is we shift our minds from being fear-based thinking to having a faith-based thinking. Come on. We shift, when we give it to God, we shift our minds from being fear-based to now being faith-based. Come on, I heard this statement once. Fear came knocking at the door. Faith opened it and there was no one there. Worry's going to come knocking at your door because worry is just fear packaged up in a different way. Worry's going to come knocking at your door but when faith opens it, There's going to be no one there. No one there. Now one of the things that you've got to watch with your mind and you've got to understand and you've got to grasp is this. His ways are above your ways. The ways he does things are different to yours. So even though we retrain our minds, we can't think like God. We can't control God by our thinking. Understand that? We bring our thoughts into captivity, but what do we do? We do those to the obedience of Christ. So we bring them to the cross. Because the obedience of Christ was the cross when he went to die for us. That was the ultimate obedience. So we bring our mind to the cross. We don't try and think like Christ. We bring our mind to the cross. Because understanding this, God's timetable many times is different to ours. He doesn't do things most of the times at the time that we think he should. And he doesn't do them at the, in the way many times he does. But we've got to always remember this. He always knows the best. So we've got to reprogram ourselves. Okay? So we've got to remember, worry is the result of trying to carry a burden that never belonged on your shoulder in the first place. I know some of you are trying to take notes. You need to make sure you get the CD because you're going to have to revisit this one a few times because we're giving you some truth today that you're never going to be able to digest in one sitting. Number four, how do we combat? How do we transition from worry into relationship? Number four, no matter what, we've got to trust him. No matter what, you've got to trust him. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Notice the emphasis, all of your heart. Everything you are. Lean not on your own understanding. I laughed when I began to write this scripture down because many times or most of the times, it's not our understanding, it's our lack of it. Come on. And lean not on your lack of understanding, what you think is understanding. But here's the key, in all your ways, Acknowledge Him. Notice in all your ways. That means in the times you are favorable and you like what's happening, you trust Him. But you've also got to trust Him when you don't like what's happening. In all your ways, you've got to trust Him. You've got to put your life in His hands. You've got to be in trust with Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And here's the promise. And He will direct your... Notice it's plural, your paths. He's going to direct what? The pathway of you being a parent. He's going to direct the pathway of you being a spouse. He's going to direct the pathway of your health. He's going to direct the pathway of your finances. Because in all your ways, you're acknowledging him. And he's taken care of every aspect and every avenue of your life. He's got it all taken care of. He can handle every part of your life. Every one of them. So what does worry do? It distrusts the promises and the power of God for your life, over your life. Come on, don't allow worry to take the place of God. Don't let worry take the place of God. Because when we worry, that's a part of us that God doesn't have. And God's a jealous God and he wants us all. So I want to see every one of you transition from worry into relationship because what is relationship what is relationship peace. what is relationship worry well, not peace but knowing him what's the old statement they said remember no jesus no no jesus no peace no peace know jesus no jesus know w peace Jesus is absent, there's no peace. But when he's present, there's perfect peace. Come on, don't worry. Be happy. That's just a little song I wrote. Don't live small, because you weren't made to be small. Come on, look at your neighbor, square in the eye and say, you weren't, made to be, you weren't made to be small. man." Come on, you weren't made. Come on, turn around you. Make sure everyone's got eye contact with someone. Come on, you weren't made to be small. You want to be small. (laughs) Rob says he wants to lose some weight. He wants to be small. Come on, you weren't made to be small. Come on, you are made to be big. You know what I want to do? I want to pastor a church of giants. I want to pastor people that are going to push beyond limitations and say, you know what? We're going to, no matter what, we're going to trust God. No matter what, we're going to believe God. No matter what, we're going to give it all to God. Come on, Have you believe that, if you receive that tonight, stand to your feet with us in this place. Precious Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight that, God, you're so awesome. God, we thank you tonight that you're incredible. And, God, I thank you for speaking into our lives tonight. And, God, I pray that, God, we would no longer worry, but we would trust. We would not allow worry to take the place of faith. Because, God, faith cannot live with sin and worry is a sin that will destroy faith relationship peace trust hope in you and god i just pray for those in here tonight that deal with worry god here's how we have to deal with worry give it to you oh but pastor philip it's harder than that no we make it harder than that it's that easy god i pray that every time we begin to worry we would start to pray that the alarm bells would go off and we'd start to pray because worry is what? Worry isn't worry. Worry is not trusting God. And God, we're going to trust you with all of our lives. We're going to give you everything. We're going to believe for everything. We're going to have faith for everything. We're going to hold on for everything because God, you're awesome. You're incredible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, how many you really believe you've got something tonight? (laughs) Just before we dismiss you or no time is gone, We just want to make sure that everyone who leaves here tonight has everything. And that's Jesus. If you don't have Jesus tonight, we'd love to pray with you. Is there anyone tonight? Come on, just wave at me if you need Jesus in your life. We want to pray with you tonight. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Anyone? Come on, every Wednesday we need people. You got, there you go. Come on, come on, come on. Isn't that awesome? Every Wednesday we need to have people waving. Every Sunday we need to have people waving. Let's pray. Would we join with us? Pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father. I thank you tonight that you love me so much. Despite everything I've done, you still choose to love me. And God, in your love, you never leave me the same. But you're going to pick me up. You're going to turn me around. And you're going to clean me up. And God, I thank you for that. And I give my life to you. And I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You you awesome awesome
1: you we would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, We are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.